0: You're listening to Friarside Chats, and I'm your host, Emma Miller. Welcome to this week, where I get to sit down with Father Mike and our special guest student, Gerardo, as we talk about forgiveness. How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing great, Em. Gerardo, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Gerardo is our very first um, student, actually, like, guest at all, exactly. period. We so. went for the
2: best right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. We didn't, we didn't <laughs> want to wait to bring in the best. We brought the best.
1: <laughs> not, not, saving be, not saving the best for last. No, time. No, no, no. Best no, no, for no, first. No. We can only go downhill from here. Okay. So.
0: But yeah, so Giardo, just tell us a little bit about yourself, please.
1: Yeah, I am a junior studying political science and economics. Um, I am was originally born in El Salvador, but grew up in South Florida my entire life. Mm. And it's very great to be here with you guys. Awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. great.
2: Tell us uh, one other thing that you're involved in uh, on campus other than... Uh,
1: being a, a really great guy oh thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> flattering um, I'm definitely involved in the DCC the Duke Catholic community and pretty involved in Duke political Union mm. which wow. I'm really interested in to see I also do a lot of research around campus which has been a lot of fun That's yeah. great, awesome
0: I'm actually really surprised I feel like I find out Gerardo is involved in so many things just rent I saw you in some YouTube video that Duke <laughs> like I don't know, student productions or something. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just you're all over the place.
1: You're everywhere, Toronto. <laughs> and everyone I, wants I try to you, to and so that's why we invited I know. you <laughs> it. I try to be. I love meeting new people, and I love being. Uh, I love being in at the school. So mm-hmm. I definitely try to be involved as much as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome, great. Well, we are here today to um, to talk about forgiveness, and I I want to talk about it because our theme for Lent is sacrifice, and I feel like one of the hardest things in my life. Um, to sacrifice at times can be hurt and guilt. I know I hold on to those um, instead of letting myself seek or receive forgiveness. And it's it's weird that you think of forgiveness and sacrifice like you have to sacrifice to get forgiveness. But I think we do. Absolutely. Um, but I just want to start off with even the most basic question: Do we really need forgiveness?
2: Yeah, I I think that's uh, you say it's the most basic question, and it almost feels like oh we should just run right over that, like some sort of little speed bump, you know, that we'll stop a little bit slow up and then we'll rush right off to the more important things. But I, I, I really believe that, um, probably unless we acknowledge our need for forgiveness, um, I don't know that we can ever really appreciate the forgiveness that's offered to us, you know? Mm-hmm. And so first and foremost, I think having a, a an interior disposition that says, i am broken and i have Mm -hmm. done things that are wrong and i've done things that trouble me and i've done things that i know have negatively impacted other people or the world Mm -hmm. as a whole and and i've got to i gotta own that you know and so my own need for forgiveness whether that be from god or from other people or for from whomever i think is a uh is a good question i think in our current culture uh at times when I'm not sure a lot of people are acknowledging, oh, yeah, I need to be forgiven, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, because especially here where, you know, there's this, this sense of uh, constantly having to project perfection that, you know, I haven't screwed up. I haven't really done anything mm-hmm.
1: wrong. Yeah, I think that's so uh, present here at Duke University where yeah. everyone tries to be perfect and they think that their way is the best way. And I do think that forgiveness allows us to become closer with everyone around us. It, mm-hmm. it, it adds a personal touch in the relationship because it's you acknowledging or they or them acknowledging that they have done something wrong mm-hmm. and you being able to forgive is like, hey, like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, maybe you can even give a little bit of advice, like, hey, maybe next time you could do this instead of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but forgiveness for oneself, I think, is, is so important um, because especially in the one of the other podcasts about relationships, we talk about relationships with our enemies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's super important to be able to go ahead and ask for forgiveness from our enemies. Ask for what we've done wrong and acknowledge that because that's extremely humbling and mm-hmm. we can grow from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I read somewhere, a qu- uh, quotes really resonate with me and there was a quote that said, the only mistake we make is that from which we don't learn.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Uh,
1: and I think not being able to ask for forgiveness is a huge mistake in our life because not only are we uh, growing malice between us and another okay. person, we're not acknowledging the mistakes that we're making sure i mean i think the the challenging thing about what you said is is
2: first acknowledging that there is we we can say i've done wrong that it is wrong that there is a wrong Mm -hmm. and i I think a lot of times in our culture um, everybody's right you know you're right and i'm right and we're all right um no you know (laughs) there are times when i have to say i'm wrong and uh, that's probably the hardest step I think for any of us as, as maturing adults to number one acknowledge our own fault and then also be open to forgive the faults of others. That when others are wrong, can I, can I find a way to show mercy to them? I, I think is hardest when I have not received that, forgiveness myself. And, mm-hmm. and so it, it, it keeps, it's a circular kind of thing until I acknowledge that I've done some things wrong, I really can't receive forgiveness. So then I really can't, you can't offer give it. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think about, you know, we kind of touched on like maybe the, the moral ambiguity type of why you don't need to seek forgiveness, but what are some like some other more insidious ways that we keep ourselves from, like we, we tell ourselves we don't need forgiveness. I
2: mean, I think we we make excuses, you know, Mm -hmm. we tell ourselves that the reasons why X, Y or Z bad thing happened or that I did, you know, if it weren't for this person or that circumstance or this situation, Mm -hmm. I would be so much better, you know. And so we make excuses, I think, all the time Uh, and or even worse, I think we we tend oftentimes to, you know, tell ourselves it's not wrong. You know, well it, you know, we, we, we find ways to describe how rationalize it, we rationalize it. it into something that's right. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that those are, that's just me, I just think those are a couple biggies.
1: Yeah, a wise guy once said, um, in reference to someone breaking a law uh, and comparing that to sin, he said uh, that either the person that was next to him at, at a concert who was smoking thought that either <laughs> the law didn't apply to them or that they were above the law. And I do see the excuses thing that uh, that applying so heavily to the excuses mm-hmm. sure. um, because everybody always is trying to make the excuse uh, as to why and justify what they did and why they did it. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, OK, I just side note, I'm so glad you brought up that homily. That's probably one of my like top yeah. five favorite. Father <laughs> Mike talking about Smoking. Weed in front of all the parents here for Parents Weekend. That was priceless.
1: My mom's face when that happened, when you mentioned weed. I I wasn't smoking weed. He wasn't smoking I was at a concert
2: where pot was being smoked right next (laughs) to
0: him. Right next to him. (laughs) I'm sorry. That did come out a
2: little bit. The crazy part was you started talking about that, and I'm saying, gee, What's he talking about? Like, I, I, <laughs> I, didn't that was like 700
1: homilies ago. I can't remember. <laughs> I told you it resonates
0: on you. Awesome. So I, I kind of want to talk about something that I hear um, thrown around with some of, maybe not so much our students, but I hear about it in, like, social media. And, like, there's gifs about it. Like this hashtag, no regrets, live a life with no regrets. And I, for some reason, that just really rubs me the wrong way. I don't know how you guys feel about that in terms of, like, forgiveness
2: <laughs> right I mean I, I don't know how anyone can seriously say to themselves that they they're going to live life with no regrets I mean I I, I can list my regrets you know mm-hmm. the things that I wish to God I had never done that I know were hurtful to other people that I know were hurtful to me that mm-hmm. I you know and so cultivating this sense that I can live a life of no regret um, is is so shallow and and so self-centered, you know, that mm-hmm. says that I why would I regret anything, you know, that I may have hurt you? Why, why would I regret that? I mean, I I, I can't I can't go there uh, to me. The honest person has regrets. And that doesn't mean that we wallow in our regret, yeah. you know, but, you know, but we do look at life and say, if I had my life to do over again, I think there were some definitely I know there are some things I would definitely
1: change. Gosh, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. What do you think I are someone so narcissistic to think that they've n- they want right. to live a life with no regrets? If you're if you're living a life of life of no regrets, what are you living for? Right. What are you standing for? Right. Do you really think that you're this ultimate person that has never done anything wrong? Uh, and I see I see a lot of problem in that. I see a lot of problem in people saying like everything I do is okay because every action has a reaction. Mm-hmm. So even if you live a life of no regret, everything that you're doing is affecting somebody else. Yeah. So at some point you have to say, maybe what I do is affecting someone else and I can't, that might be my regret, mm-hmm. how I affected that person. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's so
1: true. I mean, I think the,
2: the key here is for us to, to say either our lives are focused completely on us or our lives have to have some other center of gravity and that's I think the more you know right. uh, the bigger question the tougher question and what you know who is that who is that mm-hmm. I think we know who that is for okay. us I then it's clearly it's it's Christ but um, I think for the world it's hard for them you know if, if it's if it's all about me well then of course I'm going to live my life with no, no regret yeah. if, if I can't claim a life for something greater than myself um, then it it does reduce Quickly, just to me. Mm
0: hmm. hmm. Well, I like what, um, before we dove into this no regrets um, discussion, I, I really it was resonating with me what you were saying that we can't give forgiveness um, until we've received it ourselves. Um, and that that my next question was going to be how, how do we forgive others? But that's it's a pretty clear equation to me right there. And I, I know I've experienced that in my own life. Um, but how do we really make a habit of forgiving others or? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I th- the habit is, I think, is the tougher question. I think we know how to do it. And, and, you know, a lot of times we get into this. Do we forgive and forget? You know, that oh. forgive and forget are so <laughs> unfortunately, so intimately tied. And I I don't know that that's really real nor fair, you know, Mm -hmm. because you can't can't forget. I mean, how would I forget major parts of my life that were painful Mm -hmm. I mean, to say that? Oh, I I don't even remember that. I I just don't think that's real. Um, But I do think that forgiveness um, has to start with my ability to say I was wrong. I'm sorry. And so when you when you ask the question, how do we cultivate the habit? I think the habit starts with how regular am I in my willingness to acknowledge I was wrong, Mm -hmm. I was wrong. And I'll I'll tell you that's for me, that's a hard thing to do Mm -hmm. first and foremost to myself Mm -hmm. to say, gosh, how did I screw that up? But secondly, to admit it to other people and, and publicly, you know, we had a situation today where <laughs> I, I totally misread a circumstance and 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 right before lunch at a meeting where we were, we were attending, I had to say to the rest of the staff, I was wrong. You know, I, the yeah. way I thought, thought something was going to happen, it didn't happen that way. And I would have bet the mortgage. that you would have. So, but it's hard for me in, in those circumstances to say I was wrong. And so I think that that's the bigger Habit to first cultivate is the ability to acknowledge that we're, we're wrong. And and then once I'm, I am g- I gain comfort with that, my ability to forgive others, be, how can I not
1: forgive you when I know how wrong I've been? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my grandma, God bless her. I used to have dinner with her every single Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And one of the nights we were talking about forgiveness, actually forgiving family members. Mm-hmm. And um, she mentioned to me how she thinks that a big problem in our society and in ourselves is that people can do a million things right, but as soon as they do one thing poorly or they have one uh, one bad seed in them, we cling on to that. And then mm-hmm. we go on and we tell the world about how this person did this and mm-hmm. they did this and like we paint a bad picture of them. My grandma um, actually forced me to write down uh, things that X person does well in life mm-hmm. yeah. and that I approve of, of that, uh, of that thing. And I said like, Hey, that's something that I look up to in, in X person.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: through that, you notice that people have a lot more good in them than evil. Right. And mm-hmm. that that made it extremely easy for me to be able to forgive my family member. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we get your grandma maybe next yeah.
2: time? She <laughs> <laughs> sounds like I'll a fly, real I'll fly her wisdom. Out. Yeah, wisdom. Yeah, get her in here. I'll Our first her
0: guest grandma.
2: <laughs> she'll have no name. She'll just be Gerardo's grandma.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I know. Yeah, forgiving family members can some be, sometimes be some of the hardest ones, can be some of the deepest hurt and pain. But yep, I know that has been key to, to to my life, too, is figuring out, no, what are the really beautiful and incredible things that this person has given me that I can focus on those? And yeah,
2: but, but isn't it true? I mean, the, the stakes are higher with the people we love right. the most, sure. right? And yeah, so to, to forgive them is harder because the hurt was deeper, because mm-hmm. the love is deeper. And so it makes sense. I mean, I, I, I don't, uh, you know, chastise myself as much for the fact that I find it easy to forgive some somebody that I don't know all that well sure. but one of the friars I just hold on to it. I know <laughs> that I know that the reason I do that is because I care about him maybe far more than this other person and mm-hmm. the hurt goes deeper so mm-hmm. uh, th- that makes sense to me the challenge though is that um, where we're most passionate uh, is where our forgiveness shared can make the most difference
0: yeah you know,
2: and you think you, you just brought that out to the the hot spots of the world and where where passions run most high if forgiveness was brought to bear more the the leverage that that could do in bringing about greater good is is exponentially greater
0: mhm mhm yeah and it, it all comes back to starting with recognizing your own brokenness and and weakness and still understanding that you you are incredibly loved mm. by The God of the universe, which is crazy, even in all the ways that we've screwed up. So I think we have to, of course, talk about um, the sacrament of reconciliation, where we can really receive that love and mercy and forgiveness ourselves so that we can, like, turn around and give it back out um, to the people in our lives. So I want to start with, uh, what are some, like, worst confession stories,
1: (laughs) (laughs) if you have any? (laughs) Um, Yeah, actually, uh, (laughs) in, like, the... 12th grade. Mm-hmm. I hadn't gone to confession in about a year and now I make it a habit to go once a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going tonight by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I actually sat down with a priest that I'm good family friends with and everything and I confess something and he just starts laughing <laughs> and he's mean? just like... <laughs> And he just uh, breaks into laughter. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> it's like, it was that bad. You know, and he's, of course, he was super accepting about it. And he was awesome about it. And he made me feel great about it, which is which was really great. Um, sometimes it's hard to feel forgiven after reconciliation. Uh, and he really, really focused on the fact that I need to believe in mm. reconciliation for mm-hmm. reconciliation to work. Um, and now, ever since that one time that he literally laughed at me, and I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he told me, he's like, no, I, I do that out of love, you know. Sure. Um, and ever since that like i go to holy hour which here we, it's where we do confession I and and every time I leave, I feel like brand new. Like I feel like Mm -hmm. I walk into the world like chest up and like just feel great. I was like I'm ready to do the same, you know. So it's it's uh, it's a great feeling. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So your worst confession, where a priest literally laughed at what you told him, turned (laughs) into like life changing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I think it was what really
2: made me realize what reconciliation was. Mm -hmm. I have to admit that my worst confession story, as someone going to confession. Didn't end as well as yours. <laughs> <reason. laughs> it's actually, it was back. I was in the seminary um, in studying in Rome, and oh, I had a, a friar that I used to go to as my regular confessor, and he was out of town for a protracted period of time. So I decided to go, of all places, to St. Peter's Basilica, which, of all things, our friars are the confessors there. So I was going to another Franciscan yeah. for confession. And he must have been having a bad day. I, I, I don't know. But he starts like, you know, kind of yelling at me. I mean, like in a way that was really, really inappropriate. And I, at just a certain point, I said, father, thank you so much. But I think I'm going to leave. I walked right out. I walked oh, right wow, and wow. I, hey, there's nothing that says I can't, you know, can't yeah. walk. And I would encourage people. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to put up with a bad experience. But the other is don't make that, you know, so many people say, oh, because somebody yelled at me once. You know, I never went back again. Well, yeah, some girl broke my heart once, so I never loved again. Really? <laughs> Come on, you know, let's, let's be serious. You know, so yeah. um, just giving it another try and say mm-hmm. a- any priest, we pray not to have the bad day. But do I think over the thousands of confessions I've heard that there have been times I've not? brought my A game and, and my, yeah. own, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure of it. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry for it. I, you know, go to confession sometimes to say that. <laughs> I wasn't a very good confessor, you know, so it, it happens, but, um, I would hope folks' worst story never becomes the reason why they don't, why they don't go.
0: Yeah. I, I really appreciate that advice because I'm really grateful. I haven't had that experience yet, but I have had friends who have had very terrible hmm. confessors and, knowing that it's okay to walk out and say, thank you, but I'm going to leave and come back another day is that's really encouraging because it doesn't feel like a situation where you can do that. (laughs) Sure.
2: No, it is. But I think the greater though is if we had to weigh those against the bajillion experiences like Gerardo's when you walk out and you know, you know, God's forgiveness in a way you cannot Mm -hmm. know any other way. Don't Mm -hmm. you think?
0: Yeah. So, what do you think? Um, what do you think is most misunderstood about this sacrament?
2: That's a great question. I, I, um, I think misunderstood is probably not the, not the the right way to look at it because mm. I think most people, they understand it. I think most people make excuses for why they don't go. Mm. You know, and most people haven't opened their heart to it, to allow the experience part of kind of what Gerardo was saying, when you when you truly allow your faith to believe in God's forgiveness, mm-hmm. that's when the transfer. I mean, God's grace does it regardless, but you're forgiven regardless. But, you, you know, it. But you
0: have to flip the switch in your own head absolutely. for it to impact your life. Like, uh, to, yeah, yeah. to
2: allow the fullness yes. of its impact yes. to, to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're really talking about, celebrating forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know. And so I would say the, the biggest hang up is that folks get into this mindset that says, well, I just go directly to God. You know, mm-hmm. I just <laughs> yes. go directly to God, right? You know, mm-hmm. when, if you think about it, um, in what other ways, you know, are we celebrating this, this sort of love shared in mercy? Um, that's not touchy feely where I actually see the face of another person. and I actually hear the words you're forgiven. It's in, we need, God knows, Jesus knew mm-hmm. we need those real that real reminder, the real presence, you know, we need that. That's the sacramental life of the church. And we're just kidding ourselves for other reasons when we tell ourselves, well, I just go directly to God because um, we don't do that with anything else. You know, we certainly don't do it with the Eucharist, Mm -hmm. you know, people that celebrate their faith who, and, And to me, that's the greater issue is that you know, so many of folks who come to church regularly haven't gone to the sacrament of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Why don't they stay home with altar bread in their own houses? And, and I just, I just, I just go to, themselves. yeah, I just go to God directly. Why doesn't
1: that logic work there? You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's something really powerful in, in confessing to somebody, yeah. like you're saying. And and I've I've had this discussion with so many people that say, I stay at home and I pray for forgiveness like every single night instead of going to a priest once a month like you do. Uh, one I, I could do both things right, Sure. but two it's ext- I I find it really easy to be in my dorm room sitting at the sitting at my table and saying like Hey God like I'm sorry for X mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I'm sorry for this. It's a whole different ballgame to go to somebody and say like Hey and and see someone's face and and have you know see that uh, see see what they have to say and then especially my, my favorite part of reconciliation is that it's usually followed by a story. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually the priest like says uh, how you can well, not not how you can better yourself but something that they see, uh, I don't know how to explain it, you know, sure. um, There's some encouragement that helps right. you to uh, see your life in a different light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And and that's, that's my favorite part of reconciliation, I have to say. And, and it really brings me closer not only to God, but to people and yeah. see, being able to see people, uh, God through people. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: I, I remember, I don't remember which awakening it was on or whatever, but, um, someone telling me how, like, Reconciliation, you know, confessing to another person. If we really believe we're a part of this body of Christ, then when we, when we sin and, and we choose not, not God, we're, we're hurting everyone. We're part of this big body. And so we need to like confess to our brothers and sisters and the rest of the body of Christ that I've done wrong, I have hurt us Mm -hmm. and I need everyone's forgiveness and the the priest stands in for the community in that way too. Right. That's really powerful for me.
2: No, not only powerful but just spot on. I mean, mm. when you think about the that's the greatest challenge for us as mature adults is to realize that there there is no private sin. I know. You know there Even is something no sin. that's only that's right. you know that's about That's right. That's right. It, yes. it it impacts it. the ripple effects on the, mm-hmm. you know, we've we've in, we've allowed evil one more foothold yeah. in in our world and so that that communal um you know responsibility that i have to to take ownership of my sins before the representative of the community is huge mm-hmm. and uh, and it's 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 a hard thing the the greatest thing though i i think if if uh, for maybe some of our listeners who haven't gone in years the longer you wait the harder it gets mm-hmm. you know and so don't fear Oh, I haven't gone for X number of years, or just go, just go, and just tell the priest. I have no, I have no idea what I'm supposed to say. I've forgotten my prayers, but I just want to receive the sacrament. I'm going to get back into this, this sacramental life, yeah. and here are the things that weigh me down. And uh, you know, certainly a good examination of conscience is important, but sometimes that first time you're so nervous you can't even remember. And I always tell people that say that. Anytime somebody says to me, oh, it's been six years since I've been, my first words always are, I'm so glad you came. You know, that yeah. just let's celebrate that you, you've that come you back. Came. That's wonderful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and the second is, don't try, you know, to think that in this moment you're going to recount all of your <laughs> sins of your for, for six, six years. years. <laughs> I mean, who are you? You yeah. know, like there's, there's just no way. And, yeah. But the fact that you're here speaks volumes. And let's go from here. You know, yeah. let's go from here. Mm-hmm. So
0: uh, I, I want to encourage any of our listeners who, um, yeah, you're, you're wondering when your next opportunity for confession is. We have many opportunities. Um, of course, every Wednesday after Holy Hours, Gerardo um, shared with us, and he's going to go tonight <laughs> as we're <laughs> recording this on Wednesday night. 9 p.m.? Um, okay. Yep, 9 p.m. in Goodson Chapel. There's also... Um, and half an hour of it available on Thursdays in our offices in the chapel basement, uh, 1215. And then you guys, we have Lenten penance service coming up in just a couple weeks. So you can find that on our calendar. Of course, we'll send out um, more information as it nears. But uh, in the meantime, actually, Father Mike has watched this really awesome series on formed.org, which we have shared with you guys. Um, And we'll put it
2: in the program notes too.
0: Yes, we shall put it in the program notes. Um, but c- can you tell us a little bit about this series?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's a great opportunity to take a look uh, at the whole Sacrament of Reconciliation. And uh, what I think it's going to do for you is help you to um, just examine your own ways of thinking about the sacrament mm-hmm. and maybe challenge you to see it a little bit differently. So uh, it's I think it's really well done. Really I really well like
0: done. the rap that starts out episode two. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's the, it's the rap about the, the woman who is about to be stoned. It was, yeah, anyway, it's good. So highly <laughs> and recommend. And with that
2: description, I mean, who won't, <laughs> yeah, listen, yeah, who yeah.
1: won't <laughs> watch it? Right? No, I really want to go. <laughs>
0: Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Friarside Chats. And thank you, Gerardo. Way to go, Gerardo. (laughs)
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was really cool. It
0: has been really fun. You had some awesome insights. Loved it. So listeners, email us anytime with your thoughts, any questions you might have, or suggestions for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Um, You can email me directly at erm13 at duke.edu.
2: For more information about the ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit us at catholic.duke.edu. Friarside Chats is supported by many generous donors, some really incredible people, students, parents, alumni, and friends of Duke just like you. To learn how you can support Friarside Chats or any of the ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit catholic.duke.edu backslash support.
0: Thanks, Father Mike. Thanks, Gerardo.
2: Thanks, Emma. All
0: right, see you guys next time on Friarside Chats.